Hi, this is Queen Gantis, host of Behind the Pen. You're listening to the audio podcast. Enjoy. Well, hello, everyone. Welcome for another episode of Behind the Pen. And it's NAPOD POMO. For those that don't know what that means, it is National Podcasting Post Month. That's where a crazy person like me decides to post a podcast every day of November. That means editing and posting and recording every single day. But we love it. It's manic. And that's how I enjoy my life. Fast and Furious, and someone who else Fast and Furious is my guest right beside me, but you can't see her because you'll listen to a podcast, but I can see her. But let me introduce myself. I am Karina Gantis. Oh, I'm all over the place today. I am Karina Gantis. I am your host for Behind the Pen. I'm an award-winning author of 14 books and an award-winning filmmaker. I'm a podcaster, YouTuber, booktuber. I host the author assist show on the artist first radio network and i also run author assist which helps authors marketing and promote their book and get their name out there because they're holding their beautiful baby in their hands and they don't know what to do next and so that's where i come in so i'm so excited to welcome my guest today her name is julia langley welcome to the show julia Hi, Karina. I'm so I've been so excited about talking to you. Thank you for having me. You're welcome. I was just saying that uh, everyone listening can't see you, but I'm actually going to keep this as a special for you. I'm keeping this as the YouTube show and the audio podcast. So we are going, we're going wide, wide, wide open. (laughs) There we go. So um, the first question I ask all my guests is what do you use your pen for, Julia? I use my pen to get these thoughts out of my head and down on a piece of paper. I use them to write my stories, to write my inspirations, to write motivations for others, to get the word out, to get my story out and to let it be seen in the world. Perfect. I love that. Um, It sounds to me like you are a nonfiction author and not a fiction author. So tell me, what is this story that you want people to know about? Well, there's a there's a lot of stories I have inside me. And I will say, it's funny that you did mention uh, nonfiction versus fiction. When I was a young child, I just recently found a book, a little book of short stories that I wrote when I was eight oh. years old. Yeah, and it was fiction. I used to, I like to write mysteries. And um, my mother helped me take wallpaper and we made a book out of my short stories uh, when I was really young. And I went back and I read them and they, they, it really cracks me up. Um, I misspelled mysteries on the front page. (laughs) I didn't have a great editor, Karina. Eight years (laughs) old. Eight years old. I would have probably spelled it wrong when I was 15. (laughs) That's what editors are for. I love that you got that. You should turn it into a children's book. Well, you know, I do have my sights set on that as well. I, I mean, really, I have so much that I really want want to say. And you are right about the nonfiction in the sense that I have a lot of real life stories that I want to share. Um, funny stories as well as inspirational stories, stories of resilience, stories of challenges that I faced in my career. 
stories about the circus, you know, it's like a mysterious thing. In the itself, circus. So. Uh, oh, right. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Let's, let's stop right this say You are my first <laughs> circus performer. I'm going to say performer. My first circus artist on yes. the show. Please tell me, uh, what is this? I mean, what circus? How long? Okay, well, it's 18 years. I've actually been working wow. with Cir Cirque du Soleil. Um, many people the are Circus, The yes. Cirque du Soleil. Oh, my gosh. You're a star. Yes. I am yeah. honored. <laughs> I am honored. Oh, wow. Right. Yeah, I'm going to so. shut up now. So tell me more. No, that's okay. Uh, you know, it was a journey for me. I remember... Eight, like 18 years ago, someone bought me a birthday present and they bought me tickets to see a show in Florida, uh, in downtown Disney. And it was a Cirque du Soleil show. And I'd never been to one before. I've always been a singer my entire life. And I was doing my own work, my own cabaret style shows, industrials, corporates, if you will, uh, main stage headlining and a lot of theater as well. And they took me to see the show because I like shows. And I was blown away, blown away. literally blown away because they they really captured they took old world circus and they put it to modern music and new creativity and ideas and married that with athleticism mm. and they put all of this on the stage so it's like it's like candy for the senses you know so i'm sitting out in the audience and i don't even know what to look at first because there's so much, so going, much going on, on. I was, yeah I was blown away, but here's the thing that came out of that is I said, I want to work for them. How, how do I get to do that? And so I was biding my time a little bit. And then I saw that the auditions for it came out and I auditioned and the rest is history. So it's just taking that step and really stepping out of my comfort zone. How old zone. were you when you went there and saw them perform for the first time? Now, if I tell you, I'm going to give away my age, Karen. <laughs> You I'm never ask a lady your age. <laughs> I wouldn't do that. I'm proud. I'm proud of it. Um, I want to say I was 30, 29 or 30 when I did. Oh, so you can wow. do the so math. You young then. Uh, well, well, I'm, well, I'm saying, young, okay, okay. <laughs> when I'm saying young, I was, I was thinking of because it was your first time watching them that you were, you know, just passing your teens, going into your twenties. No. Wow. I had an established career in music. Yeah. I, you know, in a, on a regional level, I had already been a singer for many years and I was working, like I said, I was working more of, um, it was more of Vegas style shows mm -hmm. that I was doing and booking through agents. So a lot of private work that I was doing and I would go in and do a show. They would buy my show, um, as a headliner or, you know, entertainment, I would come and do an hour show. So that was what I was doing at the time. Also doing a lot of regional theater. And, um, and then, and then this happened for me and I had the opportunity and I just jumped on it because I knew how amazing it was. So, yeah. So I, I can imagine when I, when, when you left there and all that was in your head was, I want to do that. I want to work with them. How do I do it? And how long was it until that you saw they had, I mean, I can imagine you actually stalking them, their websites, waiting for them to ask for the auditions. So you knew straight away, as soon as they wanted somebody, you had that and you applied. Yes. I mean, how long was that from watching them to finally 
uh, auditioning for them? How long passed? I would say maybe a year and a half. Oh, how did you cope? Oh, yeah. Well, it, maybe, maybe not. Um, it, you know, time, you know, it may have been a little less. But I would say a year, something like that, because I, I didn't know, you know, you there's a lot of things you take people with their book. They write this wonderful message. All right. They have it in a book and, and then they don't know what to do with it. All right. And you help people get to that next level. Mm -hmm. And that is what where I was in my career at the time is I had I knew I had some expertise. I had some talent. My performance skills were pretty high level at that time, but I knew I wanted more. And that's where I wanted to go. So it was, I had to figure out how to do it. And, you know, here's, and this is just a tip for anybody that's in that position, whether they be a writer or a speaker, because I help, I help a lot of speakers nowadays that are in that same position, whether they are a writer, a speaker, it doesn't matter. You have to start. And sometimes that start is not perfect. You're going to make mistakes when mm -hmm. you start. But if you don't start somewhere, exactly. you're never going to get to be a master at it. So if I look back now at the, the things that I used early on in my career, the audition pieces that I would send out. And <laughs> oh, my goodness. I'm like, how would anybody hire me after sending that? But they did. You know, they took a chance on me. And I learned and grew, but it allowed me to step into that next level and really to start to learn where I was going and and really to get on the journey that I you, needed to be. You on. have to. I mean, when you when you're at that you're at that you're on that path, you're right where you need to be, but you need to do that next step up. And when it comes, the opportunities there. It wasn't at the time, but you were like, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go for it. That's right. You know, if you have that, you have that goal. I think if you really put your mind to it and put your soul into it and you want it 100%, you will get that goal. You will make that goal. If you want it, you'll make it. I, I honestly, honestly believe that. And um, I can just, I just see your face sitting there just going. <laughs> Exactly looking doing. everywhere because you like you say there's so much going on it's not one act there's so no. much going on that there's so everyone sees something different in it That's I mean right. did you know what the and, what that circus was about before you went that night to the performance you knew roughly no. nothing oh my gosh that must have been I had no idea I, I remember I asked know. my friend what exactly is what is it I don't oh really know oh my gosh you know? I mean, as so a, I went and I was like, yeah, as a, as a person sitting there watching it, I can imagine how they felt, but as a performer uh, and knowing what it would feel like to be that person and to be on that stage. Yeah. I, I've, I, I mean, I've performed, so I can imagine exactly how you felt that night. That's amazing. So what was the audition like? What did you have to do to, to get in? I had to prepare a song because I'm a singer. So I, I had to prepare a song, which was my track. And um, I just went in, I did an interview. I prepared the song and just, and just talked to them about goals. And, um, you know, they were asking about a specific character at that time. And so I talked to them about the character, how I saw the character and um, really what I would do with the character. And then we went from in, that was part of the interview. And, um, I, I 
you know, and I got the job. So you didn't have to I, go back for another one. That was it. They, they, just, I did not, not at that time. Wow. Now, at that time, the, the you're good. <laughs> well, they, I think I just got lucky. The audition process has changed a lot since then. I mean, well, this is 18 the, years ago. Yeah. Yeah. It's been a long time ago. And my audition was small with, with a different group yeah. of people. And, and you have to know too, that, that Cirque du Soleil now is a conglomerate. Oh, so they have so huge. many different arms of their company and they own a lot of different parts of the yeah. circus industry. All right. So a lot of things, there are things done different ways, um, auditions done different ways. And so it, not all auditions are going to be like mine. Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to, I don't no. want to tell anybody that. That it was that, as easy as that. Cause it certainly wouldn't be as easy as that nowadays. No, definitely not. Maybe, maybe not. You I, know? I think you'd have to do somersaults and acrobats as well as sing at the same time or something <laughs> well maybe you know I actually did a little bit of that I did fly what we call fly some so I was uh but usually it's a big strong guy picks me up and I fly with him because I'm the singer and I get to wear the you know as a singer you beautiful doing costume some, and some flying as well on the trapeze as well as singing well not the trapeze but definitely the uh the silks the fabric you know, oh as wow part of the yeah I did beautiful that I times. love that I love that I think it's so beautiful I I, I admire pink when I saw her do it for the first time because she's a That's singer right. and to be able to do that as well as sing because singing takes it out of you anyway and right. the concentration that you have to have because you've got I don't know you know you wouldn't have a net under you that you'd you'd be just your foot in a piece of ribbon and hanging there basically. Yeah. Right. Wow. Well, and the, the other thing is like, for me, like I said, I'm usually flying with someone like a certain, mm -hmm. another circus performer. So it wasn't really me flying alone, but mm -hmm. it's still a challenge, you know, and that you have, you really have to trust who you're working with when you're working with another partner in circus. It's a, it's a really big, um, big part of it. it is trusting your partner and knowing that, that they'll take care of you no matter what, like they, they will hurt, they will let themselves fall to keep you from falling. That's the kind of commitment that you have to each yeah. other. So it really is a commitment and a family and safety first when it comes to circus. Cause it, there's no tricks. It's real. It's real yeah. Deal. Oh no. Yeah, no, definitely. No, no tricks or magic there. Um, but 18 years ago, how it was to how it is now, like you said, it's so big. Does it still feel like a small family because there's so many corporates and so many parts of, the, of this thing coming together as one? Does it still feel as, as close as, as a family knit organization as it did 18 years ago when you joined? It does, you know, as you, as you, as you gain experience and you age, certainly things are going to change and evolve for you. Um, but I will say that, I'm sorry, we got a ding going on there. <laughs> I will say this. Uh, um, I, I will say this, though, is that um, you get to know each other. And as far as the circus industry goes with the people that are working, it's kind of a small group. And you tend to know each other anyway. So circus performers... If I've not met you, I've come across your name or I've seen your performance somewhere else. So, yes, the company is huge. Yes, the productions are massive. But the performers Thomas. themselves with the acts, we, mm. we we sort of know each other, at least have heard of each other before. So in that sense, there is a sense of camaraderie and family and that trust that you have to have 
to a certain degree, you know, work at least working together. You have to have a working trust with each other. These things, what I mean, what some people listening and viewers might not understand is the difference between the circus that comes in a tent to the circus that you performed in. And so they see these people selling tickets, and then, and then suddenly doing acrobats and, and flying on the trapeze because they do a bit of everything of course because it's a family and they have more than one job with a with your uh, performance you are the artist that sings and and did the um, silks and um, whatever other productions you went in I'll tell you what I'm going to change my train of thought here now because what I love the most about that your circus yeah, I can't talk French, so I can't keep naming it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> That's okay. My French is Southern. Your yes, circus. So. There you go. Um, <laughs> what I love about your circus is that every year or every season, it's something new, something no one's ever seen before, different to what they put on before. The production, the costume, the music, it's just, I mean, you could see go and see uh, the circus every year and you would never see the same act again and I think that's, that's just... it's true well it's a it's really considered variety more than it is yes. theater and and you you were mentioned something and I don't want to get too far away from where you're going with this but um you know even even though we are modern we're considered modern cirque all right and has a completely modern feel with modern music it has its roots in old circus. So these individual variety acts, they're kind of based on old circus, like Barnum and Bailey circus from the olden days, like yeah. the greatest showman, you know, the interesting, the weird and unusual. So circuit itself evolved out of that, really. It's a modernized version of that. But what's interesting is a lot of the people that's, that work for Cirque go back generations of circus performers so i can think of one wow. family that i'm close to um in florida and did a lot of work with where the father's family was from italy and they were a 10 generation circus family the mother's family was from mexico and they were i think seven generations wow. they had children together and their children have had children and they're all still circus performers so you know it's that's amazing it is a family business it is a family still. business still that's lovely to hear because like I, like i said it's like a a variety act a performance but you still have that circus feel to it and i hope that that never goes away now you yourself we're talking 18 years ago you started H have you retired are you still working for them in a different capacity because now you're um, a tutor a coach an writer um, and you've got like you said so many things that you want to do and you just don't have the time to do it I know I know um, so what is it you actually do right now uh, Julia what I'm doing right now is I'm actually a speaker and coach and I train speakers and entrepreneurs. That's really what I do. I work with anyone who wants to learn how to take their speaking and their performance skills to the next level. So we're talking about someone who speaks, but knows that they need a little bit of work 
All right. Or they might not be getting those top tier clients. They might not be able to monetize that speaking. I can help them do that. Those are the things that I do now. And and I have to tell you, um, I guess back in 2018, 19, somewhere right around in there, I was really looking for a shift in my career. I've been doing what I'm doing a long time, you know, and you want to grow. You never really stop. I don't ever want to stop growing in my mm -hmm. career. And um, I, I really started looking, what is the next step for me, you know, with my experience in the past and where do I want to go with this? Well, in 2019, you know, I was actually burning the candle at both ends, right? And I was working as an independent contractor and working for CERC and doing all these oh, things, wow. right? Yeah, so I was, I was really... A, a bit overwhelmed, a little burnt out. And, you know, that saying that goes, if you don't take the time to slow down, something will happen to you to slow you down. Mm. And that happened to me. I, um, in 2019, I got hit by a Jeep while I was riding my bicycle. And I didn't just get hit. I literally went up on the hood of the truck and out into the middle of a four-lane highway. Bicycle and, um, as in to little wheels and ding ding bell bicycle that kind of bicycle wow. I was crossing an intersection and they they basically just ran over me. Oh. they t-boned me as we say here in the states they hit me from the side they just ran over me I was going this way and she just hit me this way she didn't see me or whatever reason didn't stop you know, the lights <laughs> yeah and wasn't paying attention but whatever I that I don't hold any anger there there's no anger towards that i i did suffer some serious injuries um mm, i had a you. spinal cord injury and a double head trauma and i had five broken bones um and i think the hardest part was about three months after the accident i started having nightmares and having panic attacks in my sleep and i was diagnosed with ptsd yeah. because you know you see it coming and, not, and you're out of control. There's nothing you can do about it. So that was early 2019 for me. So the entire year was really spent me um, convalescing, mm. trying to come back physically. I've had, I'm since then I've it. had four surgeries, yeah, wow. four surgeries and, and mentally. And I didn't, I, I didn't know what a panic attack was. I, I'd never experienced anything like that until after my accident. So it was a bit of an adjustment for me. And I tried to, I did, I did one run with Cirque after that. And I can remember, um, they lifted me and it felt like the same sensation oh, as flying no. through the air. So it, it was, it was difficult, you know, and I was facing a lot of fear, a lot of fear of walking out on stage and my leg collapsing under me, a fear of some noise, causing me to go into a panic like there was just a lot of things going on I think it was so, it, it was like telling you it's time to move on you know it was and and it it was and it gave me time because I couldn't I I physically was at a loss like I yeah. I couldn't I couldn't open a Tupperware lid for a really long time I, I it was it was pretty devastating you know when I look back you know I I almost died and yeah. I didn't, I was, I was spared that. I was spared that. We came out of 2019 and went into the pandemic. <laughs> so at that point, 
everyone in the <coughs> entertainment industry, guess what happened? Yeah. I, we all lost our jobs, all of us. So I was like, you know, I got the letter in the mail, 4,000 people just wow. you know, cut like that. And there were no venues open. There was of nothing going not, on no. for, for anyone, really, not mm -hmm. just me. But, but that was just coming out of 2019. 2020 was like an extension of that for me. Yeah. But what it did do is give me time yeah. that I did not have time to spend with my aging parents, time to uh, really reassess the future where I wanted to go. Mm -hmm. I had always been a coach when I wasn't on tour, but I really, really wanted to focus on helping more people and using my expertise to really make a difference in the world and other people's lives. And that's when the shift happened. I said, okay, now I want to do this. <laughs> <laughs> so many people did I mean so so with the pandemic and all these people off work so many people uh, had the uh, ideas that oh I've always wanted to do this well now why don't I um, I've always wanted to write a book now I have the time why don't I you know so it it did I mean it was a positive and a negative effect for for many people uh for you it was a positive effect because it then took you on another path that now that's right takes you to where you are now tell me about your book okay well I have it here how to speak lead and impact it's a very yeah it's very um thick. I'm gonna hide my mouth here but it's very um, thick <laughs> It is. Well, it's a collaborative project that I worked with other authors. Okay. And um, so we wrote this and it's, it's so interesting because it's a business book and we really share um, a lot of topics about resilience, about goals, how we overcame the challenges that we faced in our businesses. So I do talk about that shift that I made mm -hmm. after that accident. I talk a little bit about that and then where it led me to and exactly how things started to open up and started to work for me when I was really figured out what my alignment was and what I was supposed to be doing. And and I truly believe once we get still and we sit with it, we sit with the higher power. I'm, I'm a woman of faith. I totally believe in God. And I, I you know, you, once you can get still enough to really listen what is being told to you, then I think that you can get in alignment with what your future uh, is. I, we have so much in common apart from me um, flying on a, a, a silk um ribbon um <laughs> I became ill and it wasn't till I became ill that I finally found the pathway what I was supposed to do what I'm doing now with author assist and the podcast and the radio show just helping people and getting their message out there getting uh letting people know that there's amazing talented people out there that would never have had the platform to uh, produce to promote their book, to promote their song, to promote their art. Um, and I feel like I should have been doing that from the start, but it took me being ill before I found my path. So I totally get where you're coming from. I understand completely. And how fulfilled you feel doing it. You feel like, it's true. oh yeah, I had a great life. I had a great experience, but this is what I was supposed to do to help people. Right. 
It's, you know, it's so true. And just going back to that, I do have a belief that things do happen in the time that they're supposed to happen and that we can't sometimes push it along. We don't no. have, we're not, we're not so powerful that we can push the universe always. It's all a we test. Can. It's all a it test. Is. And everything we, we go through works us up to get to that pathway unfortunately a lot of people don't meet that path they they go off the wrong path or or they they go a different uh, direction and they still have a great life but lucky people like us that go through a traumatic experience before we can find that path That's leads right. us to feel so fulfilled in our lives that we don't think about the the bad part of what we've been through or what we're going wow. through we think about the now the present and how fulfilled and happy we are and and exactly and blessed right. and blessed truly you know I wouldn't want to go back through that again all right but you know what it happened to me and what can I take from that and make the rest of my life I was given a second chance yes Exactly. I, I, I could have easily been paralyzed or not be here not at all. Be, yeah. So what are you going to do with that? You know, are, are you going to let today stop you from dreams and from your future? Absolutely not. Are you going to let fear? Because I talk a lot about fear and I find that this gets in the way, um, yeah. particularly with speakers, presenters, people who give keynotes, performers, um, the fear. The fear of rejection, the fear of failure, the fear of vulnerability, putting yourself out there. Out there. Mm. And it, yeah, it, it's scary. It's it really, is. really it scary. No one wants to fail, but you the, the greater the risk, the greater the reward. I always say that. So you have a choice when you're faced with something like what you went through and something that of uh, what I went through. You have the choice to stay in that place and let fear control what you're doing or you work through that. And you accept the situation and right. you get on with life and That's you, exactly right. you, you then make life, you, 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 everyone has one life and it's up to you how you want to live it. And these people that are in a dead end job, I don't want to get up in the morning and go to that job. You've got to sit back and say, look, this is your life. You've 70, 80 years. It's not long on earth. And no, the earth is a, a big blink. place, you know? Uh, you, right. you've got to experience as much as you can you've got to um get up happy in the morning look in that mirror love yourself love your life I think if the pandemic has shown anything to anybody it's that anything could happen life is so short and you just it don't want to just don't want to miss uh, a, 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 a um opportunity to make your That's life right. better and to make someone else's life better. Just doing that one good thing every day, doesn't matter what it is, just doing that's that right. one good thing every day that's going to make a difference in somebody else's life and it never took one minute out of your own. That's exactly right. And sometimes all is a smile. Sometimes it's as simple as a smile at the grocery store, you know? Exactly. And, may, you may, and, you may, and you make someone's day, someone who's sad, someone who was thinking that they didn't have, that no one cared about them. They had nothing to live for. Exactly. And you smile at them and you notice them. 
and all of a sudden they it, come alive. It's something that small. Can make that a small massive, can massive difference. difference because you don't know what's Absolutely. going on behind a person's front door. You know, um, so you, online you can be anybody and anybody's anybody, and you don't know what's going on in that person's life. So saying hello That's to true. someone you haven't spoken to or chatted to for a long time, just hi, how are you? I was thinking about you uh, today, and I just wanted to catch up with you you know this person might be going through a lot and having that that chat pop up might make their day might make their week you know and and, and what does it take you it takes you one one moment of your time That's right to, to make a difference and I hope that everyone who's listening to this podcast listening to Julia and myself that we've we've been there we've done it we've seen the light we know where we are we're on the pathway and I just hope you listen that and and understand that just taking that one little moment of of doing something nice for somebody or getting in touch with somebody that you haven't spoken to for a long time especially family members okay especially family members I can't preach enough that if there's any conflicts within family it's so so important to um to to talk to talk and get through it it is so so important um so that's the importance too of using your voice i'll just add that very quickly uh karina that using your voice and and when i talk about speaking and and presentations i don't you don't have to be on the stage to be doing to learn how to use your voice i just want to make sure people understand that sometimes learning how to use your voices about communication. It's about elevating your relationships one-on-one with people. Yeah. I mean, the, you know, best, good salespeople work one-on-one. They talk <laughs> to their clients. They listen. Those are skills. So yeah, that's not about just standing up on stage. Where so, can um, people um, find your book so they can read more and actually get in touch with you in case they want to find out more about you and, and your, the work you're doing? Well, the best thing to do, and I noticed um, in your in your window there, you have your Linktree link up. I should put my Linktree uh, up because I that is where you can find my book. You can also uh, book a call with me if you're interested in taking speaking skills to the next level. Um, and then for future books, they'll be up there. Uh, so my Linktree, all right, will be in the description of this podcast and YouTube show, everyone. So you will not yes. miss out, <laughs> Julia. And I- it's my name. Julia. Uh, exactly (laughs) exactly um I could speak with you for hours uh we could go on and and talk more and more but unfortunately it's the end of the uh episode it's been an honor a privilege a pleasure to chat with you um about this and I know that we're going to keep in touch um and I will get you on the show again because I know there's more that we can give to others through our um experiences Hey folks, you're listening to the podcast Behind the Pen. Behind the Pen brings you fun and entertaining interviews by amazing creatives. And if you'd like to help keep the podcast going, you can donate as little as $5 on my Linktree page. That's L-I-N-K-T-R dot E-E slash Karina Gantus or small letters. Don't forget to follow, like and review the podcast. Your support means everything.